Chapter 22 of The Boy Scouts on the Trail. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Debbie Baker Robinson. The Boy Scouts on the Trail by Herbert Carter. Chapter 22 The Night Alarm. What did I do with my gun? cried Giraffe, darting around this way and that as he tried to remember in which corner he had stacked his rifle after coming in earlier in the night from the bear hunt. Already had Tad, Allen, and Davy snatched up their weapons and made a bolt for the door, following the lead of Jim and Eli, and wildly excited by the possibilities of finding that something of a tragic nature had been occurring without. Poor Bumpus, having no gun of his own, looked around in despair. He certainly did not want to be left behind when all this turmoil was going on, nor was he desirous of rushing out without some sort of means of defending himself in case he was set upon by enemies. So he hastened to snatch up the same stout stick which had enabled Tad to pry loose the heavy hearthstone, and swinging this vigorously, Bumpus trotted after the other scouts, dragging his half-unfastened leggings along with him as he went. It was dark outside, for the young moon had gone to rest long before. But then Tad, with his customary wisdom, had remembered this, and as he went out, he snatched up the only lantern they had brought along. Bumpus could hear them all making for one point, and he followed suit. Eli and Jim had been able to locate the quarter from whence that single shot had come, and were now heading for it. At any rate, there had been no succeeding shots, no bombardment of the cabin, and Tad, thinking it wise to have some light on the subject, stopped for a few seconds to scratch a match, and apply the flame to the wick of the lantern after which he again hastened on. By that time the others had gone ahead, but his short delay served one good turn, since it enabled poor puffing Bumpus to reach the side of the patrol leader, which, in fact, no doubt, gave the fat boy considerable gratification. What is it, Tad? Bumpus managed to gasp as they hurried along. I don't know myself, came the reply, but we'll soon find out now, because I hear them talking just ahead. And that's Sabattis, too, declared Bumpus in a relieved tone, just as though he may have been worrying over the possibility of the Indian having been injured when that gun was discharged. Of course it is, Tad said, and I never thought it was anyone else but him who fired that shot. He must have believed he saw a suspicious figure making up through the brush or trying to damage our boats, though why these men should want to do that when they're hoping for us to clear out surprises me. They were now close on the rest of the party. Indeed, by the light which the lantern gave, they could make the group out, all of the others being clustered around the Indian guide, who was talking in his usual short-sentence way. Hear sound. See something move. Shoot! That comprised the whole business with Sabattis, where a white man would have described how he was thrilled to locate the suspicious noise and tell what his feelings were as he drew up his gun and blazed away. The Penobscot Indians simply gave the bear facts. He came. He heard. He fired. You don't think now it could have been one of those wolves we heard yelping last night, do you, Sabattis? Giraffe ventured to ask. More to draw the other out than because he himself believed any such thing. Huh. When wolves speak, does he swear hard? Asked Sabattis quaintly. Oh, then he must have been a man, because so far animals haven't learned how to use hard language, admitted Giraffe, doubtless chuckling at the success that had followed his little plan. He must have been pretty mad because you blocked his plans, to use hard words like that, ventured Davy. Hurt, declared the guide. He means that he thinks he wounded the fellow, explained Tad. Well, what else could he expect to come nosing around our camp like that, 
and even taking a sly shot at our hunters after stealing their nice buck, demanded Bumpus, who could not be accused of acting as though he were sleepy now. Where were they when you heard them first, Sabattis? asked Tad, wishing to get all the information possible. Round here, maybe. Hear talk and whisper like, and no two men come. Then fire just one shot. That all. They make off in a hurry. Quick! Let's see if we can find their tracks, suggested Step Hen. But before he spoke, Tad was already circling around, holding the lantern close to the ground, and carefully looking to see if there could be found any signs telling that the Indian had not made a mistake. I hope they won't think to take a pot shot at the lot of us while we stand around here, said Giraffe uneasily. You needn't worry, spoke up Bumpus. A sharpshooter couldn't hit you because you ain't wide enough to make a shadow. Think of me and what dreadful chances I'm taking all the time. They could get me by shooting with their eyes shut. But all the same, you don't hear me whine. I'm ready to take my medicine without showing the white feather. What's that over there? Looks like a man kneeling down and aiming a gun, called out Step Hen just then. And forgetting the boast that was still on his lips, Bumpus threw himself on the ground and started to crawl behind a clump of thick bushes. It's only a stump after all, announced Tad, throwing the light of his lantern in the direction of the suspicious object. Get up, Bumpus, the coast is clear, said Giraffe sneeringly. These old leggings keep getting under my feet the worst kind, remarked Bumpus complacently, as though a poor excuse might be better than none. But see there, the Indians found something or other. Just as like as not, it's them tracks we're all looking for. Just what it is, added Davy Jones eagerly. As scouts who yearn to learn the many interesting things connected with woodcraft, it can be set down as certain that Step Hen and his comrades gathered about Sabattis and Tad, then and there, convinced that something was coming worthwhile. Just as Sabattis told us, there were two of them, Tad was saying, while he bent down to see the imprint of footgear at closer range. Seems to be something familiar about one of them tracks, Tad, remarked Giraffe. Yes, our old friend, the patched shoe, has turned up again, chuckled the patrol leader, pointing to the plain, unmistakable sign across the toe of the impression of the shoe. Which, of course, means that Charlie is doing it again, Step Hen remarked. He wants to be in every mix-up, seems like. But if here are two, where is the other feller? You know, we decided that he must be sick or something like that, Alan pursued. They were coming straight at the cabin when our guard turned them around and sent them flying, Giraffe put in. That looks like they wanted to see if we've disturbed that stuff any. I guess they're getting rather nervous about our hanging out here so long. It sort of interferes with their plans, perhaps. Well, Alan observed dryly, they'll see us getting out of here tomorrow if they keep their eyes open, which we hope will be the case. And then perhaps this Charlie Barnes and his two cronies will think they're safe in entering the old cabin. And putting up at the woods tavern for a time, feeding off our nice venison to beat the band, rumbled Giraffe who never could forgive the hobo outfit for depriving the scouts of that young buck. I wonder now, piped up Bumpus, if the chief means to start in tracking these two men tonight. He's thrown a good scare into them, seems, and they're running yet, I just reckon. But he gave them back the shot they fired at Tad and Eli and Davy here. That's the way we pay back our debts. All good scouts are supposed to settle when they owe anything, ain't they? What's Tad doing now, I wonder? What do you take us for, Bumpus? demanded Giraffe. Don't you understand that Tad said he wanted us to do things with as little risk as we could? And then to think we'd try to follow up these hard cases, holding a lantern just to ask them to bang away at us as much as they pleased. We ain't that green. The other plan promises to work best, and you see if Tad don't stick by it. Well, said the fat boy plaintively, 
How was I to know what they'd expect to be doing? And when you're puzzled what to think, ain't it policy to just hold off and fight for wind? That's what I was a-doing when I said that. But Tad is looking for something again, because he's moving off with the lantern. Not wishing to be left in the dark, all the others followed Tad and Sabattis, both of whom seemed to be searching industriously along the ground, as if they had lost something which was worth looking for. Perhaps they got a notion one of them fellers might have dropped something, suggested Step Hen, himself unable to grasp the true meaning of the strange actions of the two ahead. You're closer to it than you think, was the puzzling remark of Alan, while old Eli and young Jim seemed too amused by the remark. And while they all watched and speculated, each according to his light, they saw Sabattis come to a pause. He called to Tad, whose back happened to be turned at the moment, and the patrol leader hastened to join him. Sabattis was pointing down at his feet. The boys noticed that there was something rather dramatic about his attitude while doing this, and Giraffe voiced the feelings of his mates when he said, He found what he was looking for, believe me, and what do you suppose it can be? The scouts pushed forward. Just as Tad was doing, so Allen, Step Hen, Davy, Giraffe, yes, and even Bumpus, as curious as the rest, craned their necks forward and stared at the object in plain view beyond the tip of the dark finger which Sabattis had extended. There was a plain imprint of a shoe there, though not the one that bore the mark across the sole. And there was something more than this, for when Tad touched what seemed to be a dark little pebble with the point of a stick he had picked up, they realized what it was. A drop of blood, showing that Sabattis had made no mistake when he declared his random shot had at least slightly wounded one of the prowling hobos. End of chapter 22